Welcome to Known and Loved, where we answer the cry for every soul hungry for recognition and adoration with the heart of Jesus. Here you will be equipped to know and love Jesus so that you may live boldly and rest in confidence with the ultimate truth that you are known and loved by Him. In today's episode of Known and Loved, we continue our Rest Assured series where we're focusing on the question of the age, our identity. We're examining Psalm 16, a psalm that reveals for us where we find our identity and how we can rest assured on a foundation that is unshakable in this world of shifting sands. Today, we are diving into Psalm 16, verses 2 through 5. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom I delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another god. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take their names upon my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. Psalm 16, 2-4, New King James Version of the Bible. So how many of you like reality TV shows? For decades, Americans have loved reality TV, like American Idol or America's Got Talent. But what I think we sometimes miss is how much the entertainment we consume is a reflection not just of our culture, but our own hearts. These reality shows are really about making a name for people and giving them an identity. That identity is based solely on their performance. The truth is, even if we're not on a talent show like American Idol, we are living in a world where we are on stage and so much of our identity is wrapped up in our performance. It seeps into our lives insidiously to the point where our identity becomes an idol. It is everywhere for all of us, young and old. I think about our daughter, Grace, right before she went into the first grade, I saw this really start to pop up. She was being very anxious and out of that anxiety was coming a lot of bad behavior and so I finally just sat her down and I asked her like what is going on here buddy and she just gave me this very animated I'm just so so nervous about being a first grader so we sat and we talked about it we talked about how she could go into first grade with confidence because her kindergarten teacher had fully prepared her to be a first grader and then we prayed together and we asked God to help her with her worries and and as we were praying together this was her desperate prayer this is what she said God please just please don't make me dumb in the first grade So think about it. There it was. That was the truth of what was going on in her little heart poured out to God. What was it? What was going on there? She was in a battle. And that battle was between the idol of performance and her true identity in Christ. And I was just amazed that at such a young age, these issues of identity of being a dumb kid versus a smart kid were already flaring up. I'm a high school teacher. I've been a high school teacher for 30 years now, and I have watched this identity crisis ravage American children as they wrestle with the real American idol, which is performance. The roots of our American political culture perpetuate 
this idol, the idol of the self-made man. And I watch my students as they run in their circles. They are judging themselves in comparison to their classmates' performances. All the while, they are resume building, right? They are go to school, take as many advanced placement classes as possible, join clubs, get good grades, do sports, perform, perform, perform. And my heart absolutely just breaks as I watch them categorize themselves and their value by their pecking order and their performance. But performance doesn't just affect our children. We adults are driven by it too. I mean, if you think about it, even as adults, that performance idol is still messing with us. What is the first question that anyone asks at a dinner party when there are people there who you're meeting for the first time? The question is always, so what do you do? Translation, where are you in the pecking order of performance and how do I measure up to that? So what is this performance idol about? We grasp onto the performance idol and we worship it thinking that our good performance will give us a good identity. Smart, successful, talented. What are we really looking for? In all of those labels. We're seeking to be known and loved. But no matter how much we succeed or perform, it is never enough. If we don't top the last accomplishment, we think our value will decrease. And I think David Foster Wallace, a former Pulp Fiction writer, really describes this idolatry of our hearts perfectly. This is an excerpt from a speech that he gave, um, a commencement speech that he gave at Kenyon College in 2005, and this is what he said. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And a compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God is pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap your real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Worship your body and beauty and sexual allure and you will always feel ugly. Worship power and you will end up feeling weak and afraid and you will need ever more power over others to numb you in your own fear. Worship your intellect, being smart, you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud always on the verge of being found out. So what is David Foster Wallace saying here? He's essentially saying that the love and acceptance that we quote-unquote receive from this American idol of performance is not unconditional. It demands a sacrifice, and its demand for sacrifice is relentless. And this false idol is never going to deliver us. What does Psalm 16.4 say? Their sorrows will be multiplied who hasten after another God. There is only one place where performance can be tossed aside, where true, unconditional love and acceptance is found. 1 John 4.10 This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Or 1 John 3.1 how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You know, we are so focused on our performance that we allow it to define who we are. And in the middle of that, we lose who we are. We lose our true unconditional love 
not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And we lose our true identity, who we are in God's eyes. We are his children. And so the result of this is that we also thwart any growth of our character. That is who God wants to shape us to be. Now, the Apostle Paul articulated this in his letter to the Philippians. This is also from the New King James Version, Philippians 3, 4 through 6. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. In this passage, Paul is listing his resume of accomplishments. He is saying, if anyone thinks they have a good record, take a look at mine. He's parading his good record, his reasons for confidence in the flesh. In other words, confidence in his own performance. But then Paul turns right around and he challenges us with this in verses 7 through 10. But whatever was my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ, becoming like him. So Paul turns around and he says, you know that resume of mine that I just flashed in front of you with all my accomplishments and my performance? You know what I think of it? It's rubbish. It's trash. We might as well just throw it in the garbage. And I am throwing it away. I am throwing it all away for Jesus. All of my accomplishments are not actually getting me anything. Only the accomplishment of Jesus on the cross can save me. It is my faith in him, not my performance that matters. And so I'm throwing my resume away because I want to know Jesus and become like Jesus to be shaped by his character. So then the question for us is, well, what is the key to unlocking the chains of this performance idol? And it is surrendering our self-sufficiency and leaning into an all-sufficient Savior. As long as we are relying on our own performance, we can't know Jesus. We can only know Jesus when we stop relying on our effort and put our faith in his effort on the cross. If we are trying to be self-sufficient, we are too busy to see how much we need God. So when I see how much I need the Lord, I take the opportunity to come to know this God who sacrificed everything, who gave up his life to give me his perfect performance record and the ironic thing is that this actually frees us it frees us from that relentless performance idol yet we find we actually have the ability to perform with grace and excellence and that increases both in our exertion and our joy how is that why is that possible it's because we found the person of jesus so attractive that we are drawn to get to know him and the better you know someone of highest quality and character, the more our character is shaped by their character, the more you want to be like them. The best parenting advice I have gotten, well, some of the best, not the best, but some of the best parenting advice I've ever gotten comes from speaker Margaret Ashmore. 
And I was at a women's conference where she said, praise your children for their character, not for their accomplishments. And I just thought this was a really aha moment for me. So I personally make it a point to take notice of the character of Christ when I see it, um, not just in our daughter and anyone. And I praise it when I see it because I think it's important for people to be praised not for accomplishments but for their character. And I do do this with our daughter often. Whenever she has a good performance accomplishment, instead of praising her for that accomplishment, we thank God for helping her, for giving her a good teacher or a good mind. Um, But when she does something that's of good character, we praise that. And it is an ongoing process, but... I can tell you it does have a profound impact and I do see the fruit of those seeds. Um, Over the last year, our daughter went through a really pretty rough time um, at school and uh, it was pretty hard. It was a tough year uh, socially and we just kept counseling her in the midst of these things in God's character, to be like Christ, to turn the other cheek, not to seek vengeance, um, to hold her tongue. And she did it. And at the end of the year, um, we really saw fruit start to bear and reconciliation and relationships. And it was amazing. And I just remember saying to her, I'm so proud of you because I know that you wanted to defend yourself I know that you wanted you know to seek your pound of flesh I know that you wanted to gossip and do these things and you restrained yourself you acted like Christ and I'm so proud of you because the result was reconciliation and that's really what Christ wants he wants us to be one with each other and with him and not at odds and again, I, you know, I see this in her character every year at the end of school. Teachers give out awards, you know, for academics and service and character. And our daughter gets character awards each year. I remember the first time she got one in kindergarten, her teacher called her up and she said, Grace's character quality is a virtue, always doing the right thing in the most Christ-like manner. And I remember hearing that and just being floored. And a couple of days later, I found her drawing in her prayer journal and she's drawing pictures of herself with little question marks all around. And I asked her, like, what is this drawing all about? And so she said, well, this is me and I'm asking God, how can I be more like you and how can I help my friends? And like I said, every school year, she gets one of these character awards fruit of the spirit joyfulness and my husband tells her all of the time and me as well we would rather see her get a character award than an academic award every time and I'm not telling you all of this to brag about her or her accomplishments but to boast in Christ these awards that she's being honored for are not hers they are the work of Christ in her and through her and so her goodness is only there because his goodness is in her and she is embracing it and this is embodied really in another translation of today's look at psalm 16 2 it comes from the new king james version which says oh my soul you have said to the lord you are my lord my goodness is nothing apart from you 
all the goodness that we have, all of our ability to actually perform with excellence and joy in a way that isn't self-seeking only comes from when we are first seeking Christ and letting his character work through us. And so the real question to end with today is, who do you know and love? Do you know and love the one who truly knows and loves you? Who are we chasing after for love and acceptance? Are we chasing after performance to get our love and acceptance? Or are we tossing our performance in the garbage and chasing after the Lord Jesus so that we might know him better and become like him, always doing the right thing in the most Christ-like manner, building character to be like the one true, one true love. It is knowing Jesus that fills up our souls with real life and identity. We're all searching for that. We're searching for that identity to make us feel known and loved and alive. And remember, John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's why we don't have to run this performance track anymore. We don't have to bow down to this performance idol. When we spend our time getting to know him, we come to experience him satisfying our deepest desires and affirming who we are, his beloved children with whom he is well pleased. In him... We are known and loved, and he is all we need. So I don't know about you, but I have a few things to throw on the rubbish pile today. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this time here together today. We thank you that we do not have to live our lives bowing down to this performance idol that we can cast it aside and find our true identity is in you and that you give us your perfect record and we don't have to strive like that anymore let us lord remember that you know us that you love us that you define who we are and that is more than any other label that the world can give us Amen. Known and Loved is brought to you by Life with Grace, a ministry devoted to the truth of God's word and the tenderness of his grace. You can leave comments on today's program in the comment section, and we ask you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with someone you know and love. You can find more of our content at lifewithgrace.net. Thank you for joining us, and as you venture forth in this day, we pray that you hold fast to the truth that your Father in Heaven, the King of the universe and Savior of the world, sees you. You are known and loved.